Gaming NBS episode 165 coming to you Wednesday, November 15th. Our unplugged intro, which can only mean one thing. I'm... One, we're either just coming off a con or two, Sean is remote. As in, he's not at home. That's what that means. Or we have, yeah, we're, or we do not have access to all the gear. Yeah. Yeah. As usual, this is one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Glad to have you all on board, as always. So, Sean, where that, where, where are you, man? Where the hell, where the hell are you? I, I'm in the home of WKRP. Wow. And it's almost, it's For almost the- Thanksgiving. So if you're not dropping, we tur- have listeners. That- if you're not dropping turkeys, uh, helicopters <laughs> are going to be so mad. It's very poetic, right? Now it's it's Thanksgiving. Like there is so many nuances that people are just have no idea what we're talking about right now. That's okay. They, they they can look it up. They're smart. They're smart listeners. Our listeners are smart people. They'll look it up. I'll have to put that in the show notes. <laughs> the link to the show. That's what we got to do. WKRP. <laughs> I'm in Cincinnati, baby. WKRP in Cincinnati. So Sean was traveling through New. Sorry. I am traveling. So Sean's traveling for work, and I just got back late, late Monday from Lackland Air Force Base, Texas, because my oldest boy, which I think I've mentioned here on the show before, just graduated from Air Force Basic, which was really cool. Got to go down there, see him, <coughs> excuse me, in person, of course, and uh, they do the, the coin thing. They get their little graduation coin, then they have the larger... It's like two days of parade type stuff, which is really cool. And then, you know, you get base liberty, then you get to go off base. We got to go to a uh, NBA game. That was cool. Got to watch the Bucks beat the Spurs, which made my son happy because he likes the Bucks. And uh, sports, sports ball. ball, totally sports ball. And I, and I remember I remembered enough basketball. I'm like, oh, I can follow along with this. It's been forever. But hey, it's a good game. So it was a lot of fun. It was really, really cool to see. And uh, it was neat. I, I posted some pictures on a G plus page of my boy and I, and it was, uh, it's emotional. It was kind of cool. I hadn't seen him in, you know, seven and a half, almost eight weeks. So it was, it was pretty neat. That was pretty damn cool. And Sean's, well, Sean's hey, just congrats, traveling for work. Congrats. So. I am traveling for work. Uh, new hire training. Cause I've never done this before. And so I got to go through it, but, uh, yeah, congratulations to the, to the young man yeah. coming of age in the air force. Yeah, we got ourselves an airman. Not too bad. He's in good company. Barnes, um, Brandon Barnes, Airman. We've got uh, Mark Hunt. A number of folks uh, piped up on G Plus that I didn't realize were Air Force. So that's kind of cool. And then we got Wayne Humphrey, of course. Oh, I thought you were going to skip Wayne. No, no, we can't skip Wayne. So good stuff. Very, very cool. Yeah, Air Force guys are all right. My old man was Air Force. Well, that's good. And he made you, and you're and you're okay. If it, I'll tell you what, though, if it weren't for the Air Force, I might not be here, right? Because that's my dad was stationed in Madison. Oh, okay. That's how that's how he met my mother. That's very cool. There you go. Now you have some insight into some of our real personal lives. <laughs> exactly. A bunch of crap no one cares about. I like. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Let's get into random encounters. Well, I'll, I'll be talking about. Do we have? An I do have one announcement. Evercon.org. Evercon is out there. Um, pre-register still going. It's uh, January 5, 6, 7. <clears throat> I've got Chris Steele and his lovely wife, his new bride, are planning to attend to run some 
D&D and, of course, bringing the Tabletop Game Talk love. They should hopefully be able to be there, play some board games for folks. That'll be cool. Alex Kammer of Gamehole Con fame is going to show up as a special guest. He's just all around awesome, offered to come up and <clears throat> sit down, run some games for folks. So he's going to be running a couple events. We're getting those t- ticked and tied. Last Hope LARP team will be there working out the details of how they're going to be grooving through the crowd and having a good time as they always do. And um, hmm, let's see, Samantha Girl. Um, <clears throat> Samantha's a great uh, anime artist, comic book artist. She's uh, written a number of different um, books on how to draw and that type of thing. So she'll be there. She's great. She was there last year as well. But this year we've got her in, in the guest spot. So that'll be cool. I'm hoping I can drag Sean up there and... I might try to get some of the DCC folks um, <clears throat> from talking with Judge Julian of Spellburn fame and Forrest Gary of Glowburn and uh, just all around awesome fame. Um, there is a decent contingent of Twin Cities, Dungeon Crow Classics folks, Goodman Games fanatical types, and same around the Madison, Chicago area. And apparently they've been looking for some sort of a middle ground where they could get together and hang out. And, and uh, Forrest, bless him, brought Julian over to me at our uh, beer thing last at uh, GameholeCon on Saturday and uh, brought up the fact that, hey, maybe we could uh, snag these guys and drag them over there. So I might have some DCC lined up as well. Funnel the uh, con-goers through some some mooks and see what damage they can do. But anyway, evercon.org. Take a look. Hopefully we can see you there. Anything else you got, Sean? No. Nope. All right, random encounter. There, door. Good job, Brett. Yeah, I've been, I practiced that all day. Un, un, uncanny. <laughs> this is where we field emails, voicemails, comments from social media. Where do you want to start, Brett? Um, got one from some comments from all from Google Plus this weekend. Yeah, let's go. I'll start with Blake Ryan on G Plus. He said, regarding con games, this is the first year I've been involved in conventions. I ran the same Dungeon World adventure twice at the local con and twice online for Gauntlet Con. A few of the games only had two players, so they went a lot quicker. There was far less interaction and over-analysis. Fortunately, I had planned for this, and had some extra encounters lined up. The notes for the extra encounters are not detailed, just stuff like heroes return home, hostage situation in Main Temple, mentor slash sibling there. Based on what happened in the core adventure, I can add to that. At one point, I laughed out loud because I was enjoying how each different group's journey was, even though it's the same adventure. Um, one of the local games, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't just kick my ass this week. One of the local games I ran was for two guys who had not played AD, since AD&D 2nd Edition. I felt proud to give them the opportunity to get back into the hobby and was glad they enjoyed the game. After each game, I asked for good and bad feedback and everyone was happy to chat. No one walked out of my game, so I knew they were not terrible. I took the constructive criticism in my stride and made notes for the following game. As I said the play, uh, as I said to the players, every game is a chance for all involved to learn from each other while having a fulfilling game. In each game, there is a player who is not an initiator, but once ever anyone, uh, excuse me, once anyone else made a suggestion, the more passive players would fire up and be inspired, giving detailed and interesting ideas tied to the adventure. The only downside to any of the experiences was I had people sneer at me after seeing me sitting at a table with a Dungeon World book. No sleep was lost since I figured they were unwilling to try Dungeon World. They missed out on the greatest game of all time. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Blake, that is, that's, there's a weird attitude that people have towards a number of different games. I have played, Sean and I have talked about this, there's a number of games out there that I played like, eh, it's not my thing. You might like Shadowrun to a point, but it's not 
not my my main groove, but I'm never going to look at somebody playing that and go, oh, God, what what low-life scum or what foolish game is that? It's just uh, goofy, but sounds like you did a good job there, Blake. Good job on you. Good on you, man. Yeah, Blake. Well done. Good, good deal. All right. Jared Rasher. The play-by-post episode triggered a random spinoff thought on my part. I'm not sure I would jump into doing a play-by-post these days, but I could see using something play-by-post adjacent to fill out downtime and backstory. I have definitely had email exchanges and games that involved conversations between characters that had a private chat between game sessions. I've had email discussions with people whose characters have died to describe what the afterlife looks like to them while their alias allies, not aliases, allies are attempting to bring them back so that rather important development doesn't get glossed over. I've had less in-character discussions in email or communities to determine what players did with downtime, especially when the campaign time frame is moving forward a significant amount of time. Speaking of which, uh, we haven't covered it, but Xanathar's Guide uh, to whatever. Is it Xanathar's Guide to... Everything. Everything. Yeah, not something. Everything. Uh, they... It's got a lot of stuff in there for downtime, how to use downtime. Oh, very cool. I know the DMG, yeah. I think, or even the Player's Handbook had some downtime stuff, which we've brought up before. We had a downtime episode, but if it's got even more, that's another reason for me to possibly go look that up, get some more inspiration. I, he continues, however, it occurs to me that some game systems have some nice resolution mechanics that might f- allow for individual play-by-post solo missions if the players wanted to engage with that on the side. In this case, I'm not thinking of using the full rules to resolve situations, but several games have options for quick resolution slash zoomed-out conflicts. I know there are more, but Chronicles of Darkness and Edge of the Empire spring to mind. There are rules for determining if a character wins a fight in broad strokes that don't involve playing out a structured round-by-round fight. I'm wondering how sustainable it would be to have those side stories going for individual players in different threads. In this case, failing those combat or skill checks wouldn't result in the player taking wounds or losing their stuff, but having the story unfold negatively. Lose that fight against a gang of Gamorians in a back alley on Coruscant in your solo story? You didn't have... Uh, you didn't pick up that bounty on the Black Sun Vigo that defected to the huts. And maybe in the main storyline, you run into some Black Sun folks that remember your failure once that is established. Successfully make an underworld check to pick up a job, a navigation check to make the Kessel Run in 15 parsecs, and a negotiation check to get paid by the job in your side story. Maybe next session your obligation goes down or you get a deferred stash of credits deposited in your accounts. It might be an interesting tool to allow your characters to have their own spotlights between games if you have the time to manage the individual threads. You would probably need to make sure the rewards or the setbacks from these side stories weren't overly significant or it might overshadow play at the table. But how much cooler is it that if that rival bounty hunter actually had a history with one of the PCs that you could point to instead of just stay in game? You would probably need to have a subset of rules spelled out for those side stories. How to resolve combat, how often you will be answering posts, what kind of skill checks you can make, what is the general limit of the stakes of these side stories, but it might make for an interesting experiment. 
Uh, it also reminds me, almost reminds me of when I was younger, when you would have things like the Spider-Man newspaper strip stories that took place in the gaps between the main stories in the comics. Cool. Yeah. The, I think the, the play-by-post thing, it really kind of, it triggered that we talked a little bit about, you know, gaming away from the table an episode. I don't remember when the hell that it, that was, but a long time back. And this one really kind of reignited that, that concept of, Hey, even if you're not going to go all in on play by post, there's other ways to utilize that. Um, what do I want to say that format to get some gaming in or to, to now just get some gaming in, but to expand your gaming in some way or enhance it, I guess is a better phrase I was looking for, but to kind of enhance what you're going after. So well, that's kind of cool. Kind of, kind of cool. Indeed. Let's see what else have we got here. <clears throat> ah, yes, Todd Crapper. Guten Tag. And there ends my pathetic attempt to do trying something in German. <laughs> Todd continues with, after listening to the play-by-post episode, which is aptly timed as something I'm looking to try and make uh, for a serious lack of gaming in my life, I wanted to let you know about Gamers Plane, a dedicated play-by-post website. I tried out a few months back while running some games for my screenplay and high-plane samurai playtesters. It was rather intuitive and easy to handle. Highly recommended for anyone looking to give play-by-post game a shot. Once again, another great episode. Well, thanks, Todd. That's really cool. I think we can get a link out there in our show notes to uh, about the gamers playing, so we'll do something about that. Get that out there. That looks cool. Yes. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Uh, lastly, Sky Slayton. Google Plus. Last night, I, as I ran my Friends Across the Country campaign, I realized that my hot toddy was a great GMing drink. It has caffeine to help me stay alert, honey to keep the cold, old vocals lubed up, and bourbon. What do you think? Or what do you drink, if anything, while you GM? Hmm. Mm, indeed. John, what do, you, what do, you, do you drink alcohol at all while you GM? Oh, I totally get smashed when I jam. It's the only way I can tolerate the game I'm running. <laughs> it's so bad. Even my game master had to be loaded. That's how bad that game was. Um, it spurs my creativity, Brett. Oh, I see. It cuts down the inhibitions. Yeah, that's 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 what it is. Sure. My theater, my theater <laughs> is much better when I've had a couple. So I myself, let's see here, as if I was not myself. But anyway, um, I have been known to have a beer or a few. Uh, whiskey, sometimes. I find that um, I drink slower or less with beer. And um, after the first whiskey, the second one goes down a lot faster. And uh, if I don't watch my ass, uh, somebody's driving me home after that one. So anyway... Uh, the other thing I've gotten uh, drink a lot more of now than I ever did when I was younger is coffee. I don't tolerate soda very well. The old body does not like soda, but coffee, yeah. So that's uh, that's a mainstay. Coffee and beer usually are what I'm doing, which is probably why my voice is shot by the end of any, of any particular evening. I think it depends on what time of day it is. You know, maybe a 10 a.m. beer, uh, anything early, uh not so much. Maybe later. I don't know. Is 10 a.m. too too early for a highball? Well, that depends. I mean, Wisconsin or? Well, <laughs> well, I guess it depends on what state you're in, too. Yeah, and what and what's legal, what's not, or whether you want to. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have. I would say beer for me. 
I've also, uh, in a in a serious note, I have, if I'm running a game at a convention and I have a lot of younger people, I'm talking about younger people, I'm talking about teenagers or younger, and if the con does have alcohol, I don't drink alcohol at that, at that game. If I've got a bunch of teens with me. Uh, teens, excuse me, teens maybe not so much, but I have, when I was at, Ever, at Evercon the first time and I was gaming at a couple father-sons and some kids that were like eighth grade, sixth grade type of thing. And it just felt odd to me to be drinking alcohol in front of them and running a game. So just focused more on the game itself had coffee or or water at that point. But uh, yeah, that's about the only, I usually end up running games in the evenings or afternoons. Anyway, I don't, uh, I don't care much for the early morning gaming, either as a player or a GM, because I'm just, I'm not a good morning person. All right. Fair. Shall we, Fair enough. Shall we go on? We should. Let's get to the main topic, Brett. Yeah. So, What are we talking about this week? So I flipped the script on Sean at the last second, and uh, the reason is, is it's Sean's fault, and here's why. And here's why. Um, the topic I originally had can come from Jason Hobbs, and we talked about, hey, combat as story. We're like, yeah, that's really cool. Thanks, Hobbs. That's a really good idea. And um, Sean goes, so is Hobbs going to be on the show? Because it was like his idea. I'm like, fuck, that's a really good point. Wish I'd have thought of that when I had Jason like right next to me. So I'm going to see what we can do to get Mr. Hobbs on a show upcoming where we can talk through that. So that should be kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> in the meantime, I want to talk about, well, time, actually. Um, after Game Con, I ran my Iron Shoes game. And there's been something about, I've run it twice now. At conventions, one off book at Origins uh, for Ange Murray and a small group of folks there. And now they ran at GameHole Con. I thought, there's something about this. There's something not working, and I can't figure out what it was. Ran some <clears throat> things by Hobbs. I said, oh, I could try this. And he gave me some ideas. I talked to a couple of the other guys. Mike Passwall was there. We talked. No, he liked it. Maybe this, maybe that. The folks who played were really nice. I even talked to VC Young, who was in it, and he gave me some thoughts. I thought, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And it dawned on me as I'm driving to work um, this morning, actually. And I'm like, you know what? If I make this game happen at night, that changes the entire dynamic. I said, nighttime, the whole thing is I want if I want to amp up the terror, the fear, it's night, it's dark, you can't see shit. Okay, that goes up. Things get spookier, right, obviously at night. And it's just harder to do things at night. It's harder to track down resources, um, contacts. It's harder to look for tracks and clues when it's pitch dark and people are being murdered. It's you've got you've got more to deal with and to work worry about. And it it just kind of struck me as it's interesting how if you take something, you just change the time of day or or night that in which that adventure takes place. It feels like it would have potentially a fairly large impact either to improve or hopefully in my case hopefully improve it a little bit or uh could potentially maybe even damage it so i guess sean have have you when you're looking to set up an adventure or a story or anything you want to run for somebody or even when you're doing forget about it like you did at game hole con or any game that you're running do you ever does the time of day or night play into it for you do you think about that as a critical component to what you're designing or thinking about well brett it kind of does because if I'm running it at nine in the morning, I'm probably not shit faced at that point. Okay. But 
you have fun running at, at nine o'clock at night. Well, not just for you. I'm talking yeah. about the, the game, the adventure itself. Is the adventure take place at night? Oh, yeah. Not oh, you. Oh, 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 the adventure in yeah. the actual adventure, not yeah, me actual, running it at yeah. night. Are, are the player characters dealing with a nighttime scenario or a daytime scenario? Oh, that's what we're talking uh, about. I see. Uh, for that one specifically, it would be during the day. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I could run it at night. And actually, you know, Brett, now that you brought it to my intention, I may just put a curveball on it and say it is at night. Because you think, so forget about it. Sean has mentioned this before is, <clears throat> well, Sean, you get, give us a synopsis. I won't steal your thunder. What, what's it about again? Uh, yeah. So let's give credit where that credit is due. It is by the uh, Just Your Imagination, I think, or yeah. Is it your, use your imagination? All oh, these guys are just dying as they're listening to this. If they do, um, they it's a one shot. Five mobsters have to. Uh, they found somebody skimming off the casino in Vegas, and that guy is in the trunk of the car, and they have to take him to a construction site four hours away, um, where somebody can appropriately deal with the body, and from point. You know, as you start to the end of the adventure, who knows what they'll run into? Pretty much anything I'll throw at them. So it could be at night. It could be during the day. I always picture it during the day, like midday, like one o'clock to like 5 p.m. Okay. So my thought is, <clears throat> like with my Avalon thing, it takes place during the day. I started it the last two times with the character saying, so what is your, um, I look at the player, so what does your character uh, look at? VC Sal is carrying a... Uh, a cleric named Sal of No God because he's um, fallen from grace and barely has any clerical powers left. So what, what does Sal do this morning? Well, he gets up and does this. Hey, what do you do, Bard? What do you do over here? So on and so forth. Um, I th <clears throat> and, and things progress and then they go figure out what the problem is and go deal with it. And like, okay, that's all well and good. And why, why would that change just because it's night? Well, instead of saying, what do you do this morning? You get to say, from a kickoff like that, I get to look at the character or at the players and say, okay, at the end of a day, how do you wrap up your day? Where would you be? Would you be at the end? Would you be here? You know, whatever <clears throat> prompts I'm giving them are now geared towards you've already had a long day. It's, it's setting the stage in a different way. You're not waking up fresh. What am I supposed to accomplish today? But you get to say, I've already done five things, right? It almost, to me, for that scenario... For my Iron Shoe scenario, I think it will give the players a little bit more to chew on as to, hey, what have you done and who did you already interact with type of scenario. And I would think if you change the forget about it piece, let's say it's nighttime, because at some points I know you've got police officers, tow trucks, crazy shit pulling up. There's a difference between you see the cop car in the day pulling up to the gas station versus you see a set of headlights. What is it? What is it? And. Pretty soon you see the lights, you see the cherries, you know, popping up, blip, 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 blip. Oh shit. It's a cop. There's that. If you've ever been pulled over at night, you know, the fear of looking in your rearview mirror going, is that a cop? Is that a cop? Fuck. It's a cop. Um, <laughs> there's something, there's something that plays with that. And it's just simply because it's dark. There's no light. I can't fucking see. And it changes things. And I really think I might ratchet up the tension for you, Sean. I think it might get people a little even more edgy than they may be. If you want to get them to murder each other faster, you could probably cut it down to a two hour con game and just have it start at like midnight. Everybody is probably good. Like a uh, super paranoid, super fast and just murder the hell out of each other. Not a bad idea. Yeah. 
And I just, I kind of, <clears throat> I used to do, um, it made a big deal for um, when I ran Vampire all the time is what time of night is it? What time of night is it? I would always be asked because <laughs> you have a finite amount of time when your vampires can be awake because as soon as it's sunlight, we've got to go to sleep. So in that game or in those games, that campaign scenario I, I ran for 15 years, all my vampire players were very cognizant and wondering about what time is it and when is when is the sun going down? When's the sun going down? They cared about that shit. Um, I think that if I, I shouldn't say, how do I say this? So when I'm running it for, um, when I'm not running a vampire game, I seem to always lose track of the time of day it is. And I know <clears throat> we've talked about, excuse me, about landscape and keeping track of calendars and so forth in the past and, you know, nature and how nature functions. But there is, you know, a horror movie takes place usually at night. Very rarely does the slasher or whatever happen in broad daylight. Now, granted, it can happen, which is equally as terrifying. You're like, oh, it should be safe during the day. And then the horror reaches out and grabs somebody anyway, or the slasher appears or whatever the problem is. It's, it's not good. But there is something inherent, especially, I guess, for a very scenario-driven thing where it's a convention game. If you change the time of day from day to night, I think that there's going to be a very different reaction elicited from players. And then as the game master, you have a different host of things to add to your toolbox, right? You've got night sounds. You have things that are, you hear clinking in the distance. Well, can I see anything? No, you can't. It's pitch dark, dude. You can't see back in the, the alley, but you hear some, what sounds like chains rattling against a broken, you know, iron pot. What? What? What, what the fuck would that be? Your, your mind goes crazy at night thinking about things because you can't see it. You can't go, oh, it's the tree doing this, that, the other thing. If you've ever camped or been in the woods at night, the sounds that during the day you'd be like, oh, it's just two trees rubbing together. It's no big deal. When it's really dark at night, there are no lights. There's no there's no light pollution from anything, and you're out there. It's It gets creepy really fast. All animal noises, all rustling in the grass, all that stuff is just seems really amplified. So, And that's even in your, like I said, that's kind of the fantasy slash modern type of wildernessy thing. But even... Again, I think with Sean's forget about it thing, if you take that and make it happen at night, that could get a little on the crazy side. I like it. Would you, do you think, so you have played, now, I guess, let me think about it from a um, from a tech perspective. It's, when you've played like Star Wars and so on, do you think that the time of day, night versus day, any of that, does that matter as much in a sci-fi game where, you may have more technology to deal with it where you've got cybernetic implants or something. Do you think that's a big deal that to, to be aware of, or does that negate it? I don't know. Uh, no, it doesn't negate it. I think that that should be considered. And I think that the time of day essentially is going to set mood. So if you, I mean, Star Wars, some would argue is not science fiction, but consider the, planet side days and the planet side evenings um, in some of the trilogies. So, you know, one is when Padme is sleeping and it's dark and um, Zam is going to try to assassinate her. And then there's the chase through the planet or even when, um, Oh, Anakin's going to go to the Jedi temple and take care of a bunch of young younglings 
Um, <laughs> take it, it's, take, it's, take care it's, of them. It's not, it's not during the day, right? It's not like noon. Um, so I think it's ominous, uh, foreboding, you know, dread, um, where things during the day always seem to be pleasant and happy. Like when you go to Naboo, it's running around in the grass and falling off an animal or something. And just even <laughs> trudging through like the two Jedi, Kwai John Quinn, Gin Quinn and, uh, um, and, and, uh, Obi-Wan going in to like infiltrate Naboo during the day. Like it's just different, a different setup. But so, in, but at the same time, when you're in science fiction and you're in space, it's always dark, kind of. But everything is lit up; like it's not dark. You can see the other people, like even in Star Trek. So I think I think it, my basic five second feedback is: if it's if you're running something during the darkness, I think there is an element of eeriness. Sound travels further; things seem to be amplified. Creepy creepiness, and if you want to do that. It certainly comes across better in darkness than it does when it's daylight. There you go. Yeah. No, that totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I buy that. I'm totally with you. There's <laughs> it's goofy, but you take, and then you add something to it. Like, so you take the nighttime piece and you take a, a tip from us and our listeners who gave us some great feedback around like the weather episode. So if you're in a city like Avalon or even a modern city like Chicago, New York or wherever, and you make it nighttime and then have it snow, it's cold, and now it's cold and wet. It's cold, wet, and freezing. And then you pick up the wind a little bit, and now it gets uglier. Um, if it's nighttime, and it is Georgia, and it's, you know, July, and it's fucking hot and sweltering, you still can't get away from the heat, even though it's dark. The sun's gone down. It's still oppressive. The humidity is crazy. Um and I, I think if you take some of the weather and those other components, you can amp up even more the tone. It was a dark and stormy night is a cliche for a reason, because at night, the one other beautiful piece is, you know, the lightning splits the sky. And in that flash of a second, you see the thing cross the alleyway with what you're positive is a club and the human head. And then it's gone. You're like, what was that? Do I go down there? Do I not? It's pitch black again. But for that second, it was daylight when that lightning bolt cracked through and you see all this stuff and then it's all gone. So it's those flashes and those components that, again, from a horror perspective, everyone's like, well, <clears throat> people are hearing this going, well, no, no shit, Brad. Obviously you do that. But I think that it, it just it. It's one of those things where I, I, I really think that I can take my Iron Shoes story, that adventure, and I can make it new and different by making it happen at night. It's just a simple little flip. And I'm like, fuck, if I do that, it's kind of scary in a way because the bad guy and what's happening, I'm like, okay, it's kind of scary, but I could amp that up a little bit more because you can't see as much, even when you go into the lair and you're going to kind of the end place, we're pretty sure the big fight's going to happen type of thing. It's no longer, I can see something that looks like, a vat full of blood. I now I smell a thing that smells like rusty iron mixed with, you know, this gross putrescent smell. Now the smells and all those other senses become even more important and people are going to ask you about them. Or if they're not asking you get to force it to them because their eyes, their eyesight's cut off. <laughs> and even with technology, you know, there's, you can start fucking with people, the bad guy, you're, 
your cybernetic implants don't work against him for some reason. He's got some cloaking or the lightning causes problems with, I, I don't know, but I think that it, it could take a story that you may be bored, not bored with, but that you've done a lot and had good success with, but you'd like to change it up a little bit. I think just flip the switch, man, go from don't start it at noon, start it just after sundown. And when everybody's in the, in the tavern, the bar, they're at the, you know, the salt mine or whatever the hell they're doing. And inside the building, everything's lit and people are talking, but outside it's dark. They hear the rain, the thunder, the lightning, whatever. And it just, it's very mood driven. And I think it would take even a very kind of a blase investigation story that would be kind of boring or perhaps run of the mill during the day and just changes the whole thing into a much more interesting storyline. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds like you're onto something, Brett. Yeah, it's it's just it's silly and it's kind of I feel kind of stupid saying, Oh my god, nighttime, oh it's this amazing thing. But I, I like I said, I thought about it this morning and then I thought, well, is it just my just that story, just that adventure? And then I thought about your forget about it thing. I'm like, well fuck, that would be if how are these mobsters at night? You know, you can't see if you got everybody piled into one car with a dude in the trunk. One person in the back seat is fidgeting around with something. The guy who's driving and he, the guy in the back seat, they've been arguing all day. Is the guy in the back fidgeting going for a gun? You don't know. You can't fucking see. You have no idea what he's doing. Right. And as soon as somebody lights a cigarette, you can be like, oh, guess what? You just wrecked everybody's night vision with your Zippo. You know, <sighs> it just it gets to uh, it, it's kind of and then, you know, lights. Oh, you're smoking. And then the bullet goes off. <laughs> you know, the gun goes off. The bullet whizzes by and pops that cigarette or cigar right out of your mouth because they just missed your head. It get, you know, that again, they can see you. You can't see them. That level of paranoia just gets ratcheted up. Like, it's really cool. Simple thing, but it just struck me as being kind of neat and something worth bringing out. Sean, do you see, um, I did all the talking here as, as usual. Does, I know you, you said that it sounds cool and all, but do you see any downside or anything that like it might not be a good idea for some for some scenarios or something like that. Uh, would it be bad for certain scenarios? I don't know if it would necessarily be bad for it. It may not pose a difference for certain adventures or situations where I think I think what we're touching on. If you have a certain situation and then darkness isn't pertinent to setting the mood or tone, then I don't think it matters that if it's day or light when you're running a specific scenario. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything that's like really other than that. Yeah. I don't and know. The only other thing I can think of is that if you do it and you want it to be challenging, like, Oh, I'm going to make it dark. Ah, I'll fuck with them. Ah, ha, ha, I've got them now. Um, and then you realize I have an entire party of elves and I'm in the woods at night. Whoop de fucking do. They can ascend, they can see pretty far, blah, blah, blah. Depends on what rule system you're using. <sighs> I really didn't take away their sight. If your goal of doing this is to make sure that they can't, basically they can't see and have to rely on other senses or amp up the spookiness. Then in a case of having a technology or a natural ability that lets you negate the effects of night, <coughs> excuse me, then I think it's imperative that, the bad guy or or bad people or bad person, whatever, does 
their bit in such a way that they are negating their negation, right? They have a cloaking suit. They have high-end technology or at the right time, you know, the evildoer unleashes a flare and that it's super bright magnesium. Oh my God, nobody can see. And all they hear is the, you know, the snick of the blade and then they feel the sharp pokey thing and they know they're bleeding. So that's, then you're, you've taken away because when, I, I mean, we all know players, right? Oh, I have blind fighting. I've got, you know, see in the dark. I have can't be blindfolded and I have, I'm never surprised. Good luck, dude. Um, so you, you need to take that stuff into account. Make sure if it's a con game, you're building the PCs probably as uh, pre-gens. Um, so if you do this, then make sure that you have essentially stacked the deck in the right way. So that way, if you're doing it at night, that it matters. Otherwise, it becomes a non-thing. Because I think what you just said there, Sean, is like, look, if, if it's not going to add to it, it doesn't matter. And I think one way to ensure that it does add is to make sure that the players don't have so many mitigating controls around not being able to see that it doesn't scare them at all or doesn't have any real impact to them. And for them, the darkest night is no worse than the brightest day. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Okay. You know, man, that's all I had, really. I don't really, that nothing else has really hit me. That was just the kind of a weird little brainstormy thing that hit me. But I thought, man, that was, it just, it just feels like it's something that could be kind of cool. I'm wondering what other people have done. And if anybody has found that to be true as well, where you can take, if you've taken a written scenario and you say, hey, we started this scenario and just for Lark, we started it at midnight or you did it differently, or if anybody else thinks that this makes any sense, I, I I don't want it to be, maybe it is just, maybe it is just a gimmick and it's not that big a deal, but it, um, I just thought it was worth bringing up and seeing what, uh, what you thought and what our listeners thought about it. So anyway, there we go. That's all I got. There we go. It's a short one, man. It is. That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Something to, no. something to chew on. Yeah. Well, let's get into die roll. Let's do it. All right. Clank. Clatter, clatter, clatter. Hang on, let me let me do. Look at that. Yeah, I got dice on my table here. Brett's gonna be a sound engineer eventually. Dyro. Foley artist. Dyro. Two to four miscellaneous points. Gaming and geekery. You want to share with you, Brett? It's a. It's it's a week where we're filling in the blanks a little bit. So it's 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 a it's a thin week. It's a thin Um, week. Damn it. Somebody had posted this up, but I thought it was awesome. It is, um, it's a uh, little blog here, The Science of Fiction, and uh, tracking in role-playing games, perspectives from a certified tracker. Um, I just think this kind of thing is really, really cool. So I've got a link in the show notes there. Um, like anything else, you can go crazy overboard. We talked about this at one point. There was an article about some woman, some woman had written a, you know, authors need to stop treating horses as herbivorous bicycles because they're dangerous. They're, they flip out, you know, there's untold numbers of young princes and noblemen have been killed while hunting on horseback because horse took fright at a snake flipped out, rolled over and crushed the night or something stupid like that. Um, but this is just one of those pieces where even if you're reading, go, my God, I don't want to implement all this crap. It is the, just the concepts of, Hey, this is what you would see. Not just footprints, but not just vehicle tracks. We're talking about like scuffs of boot, broken cobwebs, crushed twigs, uh, morning dew rubbed off by your quarry's passage, vegetation being bruised, um, 
ground vegetation being disturbed um, and that type of thing, you know, bark on trees being scraped and so on. I, I read this through and I thought, you know, even if you don't go crazy into the art of tracking in your game, this is one of those pieces where from a descriptive perspective, looking through these things will give you more things in your GM's quiver to pull out when you need to describe what a scene looks like. And when that ranger in your group or that hardcore tracker character who loves being that guy and, uh, you know, Aragorn comes out and says, what do I find? I rolled a, you know, a nat 20 and you want to be able to add some good color to it other than, well, you find the tracks heading off in this direction. It gives you a little bit more to work with. So I thought it was kind of cool. And that's what I had, Sean. All right. So I have roll for guild. So this is not even available. So everybody's going to be like, Den, why are you giving this to us, Sean? Well, you dick. here's the weird thing. So I'm on LinkedIn, and I know a gentleman by the name of Tom here in Madison. And I know, I've know i known Tom professionally on and off. He and I would run into each other at career fairs. He used to manage a small dev shop um, here in Madison. And I still keep in touch with him. And he's like, hey, you should meet this guy. He's doing, like, if you want to hone in on your development skills, which I would like to, but I can't because I just don't have the time to do it, um, You and you're a gamer, you should talk to this guy. And he introduced me to a guy on LinkedIn. And so Roll for Guild is local developers, uh, a developer, maybe two, um, that is creating a platform. We'll have a link in the show notes. Show notes. It's a platform of tools to make your RPG experience just that much better. And so I've communicated, like he introduced us and then I'm like, Hey, how's it going? And nothing. And then just today I was like, Hey, how's that application coming along? And he's like, Oh my God, I missed your message. So I'm going to have coffee with this guy. Um, uh, probably in the next week or so to probably understand a little bit more what he's doing. Uh, plus, he's an IT nerd, and I'm an IT recruiter. That sounds like two great tastes that go great together. Just saying. So, are we talking like we're not talking like mobile apps. We're talking a little bit more in, in depth than that, or what? Well, that is that is the question, Brett. That is that is indeed the question. But it, so, their mission on their website is to bring people to the RPG RPG table, aim to build tools to make running campaigns and one shots easier as well as enable people to form, find, and join groups in their local area. So this could be a gamer find thing uh, to, with tools that complement it. I don't know. I'm going to talk to them and, and see if I can get more details and maybe get access to maybe a beta version. So uh, he was not able to get to GameholeCon. As a matter of fact, that was my message. Like, hey, are you going to GameholeCon? And then it was like crickets. And then he got back to me and said, hey, I was out of town. Sorry, I missed your message. Missed GameholeCon. But... Yeah, we're getting a beta up and running uh, fairly soon. And so, and he's like, hey, and you're a podcaster. I'm like, yeah, man, I will, you know, let people know about your stuff. So, uh, I, so I guess at this, cool. I get this at this point, it's kind of like, well, okay. So as things progress, I will try to update people and let them know. But otherwise, I think that's it. We didn't, we may have had some listener ones. We apologize if you commented in Google Plus or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, or emailed us and we didn't mention you. Uh, Brett and I kind of threw, he and I have been both in transition and traveling. Brett drove from Texas 20 hours and I got in on a flight at two in the morning. And so we were going to record Monday night when Brett got back, but then I had to wake up at two in the morning Tuesday. And so 
and going away just didn't work. So we kind of ran things a little thin this week. Yeah, this um this has been the busiest first part of November I've ever had. Normally, Gamehole Con kicks Sean and I in the ass pretty hard. Like, oh boy. All right, back to the regular schedule. Well, <laughs> hmm, regular schedule turned around to me going to work for a day and a half, then driving to Texas, spending most of the week there, then driving all the way back, and Sean flying out. So it's been a little crazy, but I think we're back on track, big guy. We should be in much better shape the rest oh. of the year, I think. So oh, all good, yeah. all good. Oh, yeah. Um, want to thanks, uh, thank extended thanks to the closet gamer. Uh, some may know him as Michael Parker for the review on iTunes. Uh, Brett, what are we talking about next week, buddy? Well, I definitely going to come back a little bit stronger. We've got combat as story, um, topic brought to our attention by the wonderful Scott Hubs. Uh, I'm sorry, Jason, Jason Hobbs of Hobbs and Friends of the OSR. Sean and I have both been on Hobbs show, and by God, we need to get the Hobster on our show. So we're working out the details, and hopefully Hobbsy will be with us next week, and uh, we'll bring that to you. That should be fun. That That is awesome. Now I'm just trying yeah. to I'm trying to delay things as I bring up oh my god the list of patrons that you need to read I do and I'm not having much luck because now it's like <laughs> I can't find a ver- verification open the link oh my god so this is strange oh and I'm not going to be able to read them this week I don't think actually I will be well I'll tell you what well will you we got it. Well, I get so it, because I'm logging in from Cincinnati, Ohio. It's like with which really pisses me off whenever. I guess it's a good security thing, but I'm like, seriously, like just <laughs> log me in. Like that's, I know the credentials, man. God damn it! Why is it? Well, I'll tell be you so what. Well, Sean is well. Well, Sean is cursing that. Um, We've said this many times before, but um, the patrons, those you men and women who have been kind enough to support us, thank you so very much. It's it's really awesome, and it is it is a privilege to have that much support and trust and all that good stuff that you guys give to us. So I hope that Sean and I keep doing well enough that um, you guys still feel you're getting the value and that um, your money's going to get to a good place. So thank you very, very much. It's really an honor, and I uh, really appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. And I can't even log into our Patreon account. Um, like it's, it's, <laughs> I'm right. in a, one of, a weird loop. I'm getting an email that says verify device. And I'm like, click, I'm clicking on it. And it says, we don't recognize your device. And I'm like, dickheads, like, <laughs> how, why are you telling me this when, I don't know, whatever. All right. Maybe I'll put it, well, we better maybe get- I'll put it in post. There you go. If we can make it, we will. I don't think. But patrons, you are loved. You are loved by us. I'm not having much much luck. All right. Well, yes. Thank you for tuning in to Gaming NBS. We appreciate it. Thanks for all the emails, messages. I don't know. We say this every week, but we sincerely mean it. Uh, So having said that, this is Sean signing off from Cincinnati. And this is Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following patrons. Christian Sexy Voice Serrano, Kevin Lovecraft, Joe Swick, Brett's Biggest Fan, Jeff Rademacher, Forrest Aguirre, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Knights of the Night Crew, Palladian, Remy Billado, Jason Hobbs, Hobbs, Wayne Humphrey, James Carpio, Not Caprio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnston, 
Brandon Barnes, Tim Shorts, Dan LaValle, C.W. Mellencamp, Lost Sailor, Graham Miner, Tom McGowan, Roger Brassett, Misdirected Mark Productions, Old School DM, Jason, Christopher Gray, Finn Elf, Merkel Foylick, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Todd Crapper, Jim Fitzpatrick, Michael Drescher, With Static, Alexander Auerbach, Rodrigo Beowulf, Neil Benson, Ron Blessing, Chris Deal, Eric DeHoff Hoffman, Soldiers of Misfortune RPG, Christopher Lang, Curtis Takahashi, Gordon Cranford, Mark Tasaka, Larry Hout, Evan Harrison Cass, Roy Otis, Mark CMG Clover, Eli Kurtz, Run, Ron, not Run, Bishop, Stephen Dragonspawn, Craig Huber, Xavier G, JV, Matt Stark, John Hammersley, Derelict Radio, John Steve, Jared Rasher, Mark Richmond, Thomas Hook, and Jonathan Tialby. For the cost of a coffee shop coffee, you could support the show for an entire month. Consider heading over to gamingandbs.com forward slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, friends. Thank you, listeners. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.